This episode is sponsored by the Slang Self-Doubt Prayer Journal. Over the past four years, I have had the opportunity to help over 30 women identify, accept, and take action in the parts of their lives where they feel stuck. My heart's desire is to do that with every woman I come in contact with, but the truth is that's not realistic. So instead, I created a prayer journal that goes through that same journey. The Slang Self Doubt Prayer Journal is designed for you to dig deep and answer questions that will pull out where you are stuck on your journey. The Slang Self Doubt Prayer Journal consists of six sections of journal prompts and areas for reflections for when you want to dig a little deeper and um, just take your thoughts to another level. Whether it takes you six weeks or six months to complete, I promise you will not regret it. Head on over to my website at www.feliciawallace.com and select the books tab to make your purchase. If you are ready to find your fears and slay them, go to www.feliciawallace.com, select books and get your copy today. You're listening to the Slaying Self-Doubt Podcast with Coach Felicia, where we empower Black women to overcome their doubts, fears, and insecurities in order to give birth to their God-given purpose. Join me and sometimes some of my friends on our journey as we remind you that you are not alone. I'm Felicia Wallace, and together we will find our fears and slay them. Welcome back to another episode of the Slaying Self-Doubt Podcast. I am here with Ms. Renee Washington from the Midlife remix hey Renee how are you I'm so good to be with you how are you doing thank you so much I'm doing well I am better than amazing that's what I've been saying (laughs) lately I'm doing better than amazing we still here right (laughs) absolutely yeah so um you actually connected with me um in wanting to be on the show and so I, I usually try to tell people like how I know them how we get got connected and so I'm always you know, you guys, I always say that this land self-doubt journey is, is, it is literally me. And whenever someone reaches out to me or has someone reach out, it's like, oh, they want to be, and I always like, me? You want to come on my show? You want to talk to me? It is, it, it always kind of like boggles my mind, but you know, it's not even for me to understand. It's just for me to be obedient, but I, I'm, I appreciate you reaching out. I appreciate you agreeing to be on the show. And so I am excited about this conversation. Absolutely. I am so excited to be here too, because your um, messaging on self-doubt, it will never grow old. Mm. And, you know, I, and I think that's a good thing Yeah, because I, you know, I think that self-doubt can be a motivator if we look at it in the right way. So I love your mission. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started? Oh my gosh. Okay. So, <laughs> so, you know, I'm 62 years old, so I won't, I won't give you the whole story of my life, but the, the cliff. Well, hold version. on, let's pause real quick. Cause if y'all can see what I can see, it, ma'am. Okay. They did 62 wear, 62 wear. That's just what I want to know. 62 wear. Okay. Cause you wear that well. I was, oh, all right. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Um, and I, you know, so the cliff notes version of, and see, even saying cliff notes, I know people are going to be out there like, what are you talking about? What's, what's cliff notes? <laughs> I, know, I know that. That's how you know I'm 62. <laughs> but the, uh, the, the highlight reel, I'll say it that way. Yeah. Of my life is that I was in a 28 year corporate career. I was in HR manager where I ran soft skills training. 
department. And I also was an in-house coach. I coached executives, professionals, all, all associates, and did training, coaching, facilitating, developing, all that stuff. And had a really good career. It was, you know, like I said, almost 28 years. And the, the past few years of it is when I began to burn out. Mm. I was also married for uh, 21 years. And it was good until the last few years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and these things kind of happened around the same, same time. Oh, wow. Uh, the corporate career ended up lasting longer than the marriage because I eventually got a divorce. But one of the things when you talk about self-doubt, when you are living a life and you are feeling blessed and grateful, and then you start feeling these nudges of something's not right. Mm -hmm. And you start feeling, uh, you know, guilty for even feeling that way, because who are you to feel that way when, you know, you're, you know, life is good. What's going on with you? What's wrong? And so for a long time, I suppressed that, Mm. you know, you know, I doubted the validity of what I was feeling. Yeah. And, you know, you know, as a, as a woman of faith, you know, I, you know, I believe in, in, um, you know, God's will for my life and, And so I, you know, and I questioned myself for uh, wondering why I was unhappy. And so Mm. I didn't talk to anybody about it. You know, I just stayed pretty silent about it. Mm -hmm. And as I came to find out, that's, that's the wrong thing. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) (laughs) That's the wrong thing to do. And so uh, uh, things started happening. I, um, eventually did say something to my GYN because I was there for the annual checkup. Mm-hmm. And I, I, at that point, I was just so miserable that I just blurted out to her that I, you know, I wanted to quit my job and, and leave my marriage. Mm. And she tested me and told, came back and told me that I was in full blown mil- menopause and I was oh, 45 wow. years old. And I didn't know anything about uh, menopause until you're listeners, if you are in your thirties, forties, find out as much as you can about menopause. Cause, because we don't, it's still to this day, something that we don't talk yeah. a whole lot about. Mm-hmm. And mostly what you hear is hot flashes. That's the, like the little joke about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. Right. Um, or that or your personal your summers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and there's just so much more to it than that. I didn't have hot flashes. It was all emotional for me. Mm. And uh, I, I did read a book about it that began to clarify some things for me because in the book, she talked about how as women, we are typically the tenders, befrienders and the nurturers. And we get to this, this certain point in life where we have suppressed a lot of things because we are so busy taking care of other people. Yeah. And when you hit this stage where your hormones start rearranging and and uh, doing their thing to transition you into your next phase of life, then what's been suppressed starts coming up mm. and it has to be addressed. So, you know, that's what I think, like what, what's been suppressed has to be addressed. Yeah. And uh, relationships are one of those things. And, and it's not about getting a divorce or having to leave your spouse. It's all relationships. It's 
relationships with your children, with your friends, with, you know, because you are changing. Yeah. And so there's a renegotiation that becomes, becomes a requirement for you to get to know who you are transitioning Mm. into and who you are becoming. And the people that are in your circle, they have to learn how to, um, you know, be in relationship with you. Yeah. And um, for me, uh, the next thing that happened was I had a mini stroke oh, at wow. work and ended up in the hospital for five days. And things clarify real quickly real quick. for you when, <laughs> when, when life is literally kind of flashing before your eyes. Yeah. And I started thinking about my life and what was going on and what I needed to do. And I, I ended up really trying to figure out what was going on in my marriage and going to counseling and all of that. You know, I was married to a good person. What happened though was I no longer could carry what I had been carrying in Mm. the relationship. And, you know, we were who we were. I was, you know, and he was, he was not, you know, going to change. And it wasn't so much about him needing to change. It was just that our paradigm no longer worked yeah and so yeah. Uh, so um you know the in the next year we did get um we did get divorced and that is how I was able to stay in my job longer because I had to take care of myself then. So. <laughs> <laughs> so uh but eventually those chickens came home to roost too mm. and I had to deal with what was going on at work and you know I was you know, driving up to the building, crying in my car before I went in. And, you know, I was praying, praying, praying to God to, you know, I had two more years till official retirement, Mm. two more years. And I was just praying, God, please just change my attitude enough to let me not be miserable. Please let me stay two more years. And um, this was several years, you know, after my uh, divorce and my, uh, I had been, in, I was involved with somebody else who was then my fiance, now my husband. And, you know, he said to me, cause I was like, I'm praying to God and I don't understand why I'm not, why I'm still so miserable. And he said to me, well, maybe God is packing your bags. Hmm. Maybe God. Is, and I, that just struck me. So it was so profound. I was like, wow. Yeah. Because, you know, we, we can have in our mind, the, what we believe is the right thing to do. Absolutely. And, uh, and I started, you know, thinking about that and, and, and I realized that while yes, this, this job had been good. It, I built a life here, a career, all of that, that I was changing. I mm-hmm. had changed and mm-hmm. it was time for me to move on and I was so externalized as we do this job, this, yeah. this, this, you know, yeah. and I was like, no, you've changed. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. company is the company you changed. And there are probably, you know, 50 other people that would sit in this chair and be perfectly happy. Yeah. You're the one that's not happy. Yeah. And the other thing that happened was my mom died unexpectedly mm. and, uh, um, she had a pulmonary embolism and pretty much dropped dead. Oh, wow. And we, it was so unexpected, just blew me away. She was 
my person. Mm-hmm. I, she still is, you know, she, I just, my mother is all still with me, Yeah, but it was, she was, you know, you, you know, you talked about how I look at 62. My mother was 74, looked the same. I mean, you would wow. never have thought you would never have looked at my mother and thought she was anywhere close to, to you know, death. Mm-hmm. And so it was just a shock to all of us. And it just changed how I looked at life. You know, we'll say life is short, you know, yeah. we say that, but I really began paying attention to who lived and who died. And I realized how arbitrary it was mm. that it really wasn't based on what happened to people or, or what, how they lived necessarily yeah. that, that there were people still living that you would have thought would be dead and they that were is- not. That is yeah, true. Yeah. yeah. And people <laughs> died that you were just totally shocked about. Yeah. And so then I just, I said, so, you know, what? So then I started thinking about where I was in my, in, at my job, in my career, and thinking, I don't, you know, these two more years, who knows what my, I've already mm. had, almost had a major stroke. Who knows what will happen in two more years? That's Why true. am I going to wait for that and, and allow something external to me? to decide how I live my life. Yeah. Yeah. Particularly since they had changed the retirement criteria three times since I'd been there. So it was, you know, just like somebody else deciding to yeah. move the needle right. and that I'm dancing to somebody else's tune. And so I decided to leave hmm. <laughs> two years early and I, I'm not a gambler. So I have been looking at my pension and all of that stuff and talking to a financial planner, he had been telling me for the past few years that I didn't need to leave. But at that point, I was like, I don't care what he said. <laughs> I got to go. I got to go. So I, but I, I did go talk to him. And I came in there like, I really, can I leave? I'm ready to go. And he was like, actually, you can. You And I was just kind of shocked. He was like, really? He's like, yeah, you're you're in a good position. You can go. So Felicia, I left and with no plans for the mm, future. I just know like, that story I'm out. Well. <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> yes. So I ended up a couple of years later because people continued to, to call me for coaching mm-hmm. uh, that I had worked with. And, and so I had been exploring the possibility of, of life coaching. I'd been seeing, I'm uh, following Martha Beck. The, the coach who was in Oprah's magazine yeah, uh-huh. and doing that column. So I've been following her and, and she had a life coaching school. So I ended up in her school mm-hmm. and still, I wasn't planning to start a business though. I was just like, I'll keep my skills up. I'll, yeah. you, know, you never know. But I ended up going through and, and I um, became a life coach in 2014. Mm. Um, and well, that's when I went through the program and then I yeah. got certified at the beginning of 2015. And then another year, I kind of dibbled and dabbled with it. And in 2016, I got really serious about it yeah. and decided to, okay, this is a business, go all in on this. And so since then, that's what I've been doing. And, you know, I coach women in midlife transition is mm-hmm. mostly what I do. But I am, you know, multi-passionate. My my biggest passion from a uh, a coaching perspective is I want women to get free. Yeah, yeah. So whatever freedom looks like for you, I want you to live your personal brand of freedom. Yeah. And so that's for women. I focus on women in midlife because I am in midlife. It's a state mm-hmm. of mind to me. It can yeah. be. 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, but it's 
you are still engaged with life. Yeah. You are yeah. still highly engaged with life. And, you know, my icons for that now are uh, Cicely Tyson and now Betty White. Who, yeah. You know, lived well into their 80s and 90s. Full and lives. Full lives. Full lives. Like yeah. at the time they died, they were still working, still yes. planning, making plans. Mm-hmm. That to me is living life full out and you yeah. live until you die. Yeah. And that's what I that's what I want for women. Yeah, I love that. So one of the things that well, a few things that you said in that in that um the one thing that was kind of the for me was like the resounding thing was um your evolution, right? Like you were evolving in your job, in your marriage, you know, um in your in yourself. Like everything was evolving into this next phase. And yes. what you're saying that the um that sometimes we suppress some of the things. We don't the thing about it is that there are times where I like we were unique, uniquely and wonderfully made. Right. Mm, and so mm, there are, there are things that are in us that we know to be true, but we tend to push that down, overwork it, push it to the side. I'll deal with that later. I'll, you know, that's not, this isn't the time. This isn't exactly what I'm supposed to do. These are, you know, oh, I still have this to do in this, in this arena. Um, I was actually speaking with someone earlier and we talked about, um, we were talking about the fact that we have this, that historically there's been this mindset that you can only do one thing, that it yes! has to be either or, not and yes! and both. You know what I mean? Like yes! it, it's it's those things, and I and but when you're evolving, well, to me, I feel like when you evolve, you should be able to see that it doesn't have to be either or. It can be, and it should be, and in both. Absolutely. I had a, this, I had a conversation with a client earlier today and she was in that, this or that mindset. Mm-hmm. And I said, what if we, what if you just live and, and yeah. this and that, and that, because one of the things I tell clients is a decision is not a life sentence. Absolutely. It's a decision. Yeah. We can change, but you know, from a patriarchal perspective, mm-hmm. even from a religious perspective, we are ingrained in sticking to this one yep. thing, like you said, and yeah. that you can't quit. And that's why I love Beyonce's song, Beyonce song, Freedom. Mm-hmm. A winner doesn't quit on herself. Yeah, yeah. You may quit a thing. You may yeah. quit that. You may quit this. You don't quit on yourself. Yeah, yeah. That's the constant. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and that's why I said those, those two things were the things that stuck out the evolution and, you know, recognizing that we have a choice. And I think uh, another thing is that we have to re- be reminded. And, and I don't think this, you hear it often, but sometimes people don't recognize not making a choice is still a choice. Mm, if, I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> it's yes, still a choice. You just made a choice exactly. not to make a decision. Exactly. Because yes, because <laughs> I that is so true. Because that's why I say yes. We always have choices. And you know, I will even, you know, I will um, you know, push moms because I'll say when I say we always have a choice. I yeah. said, uh, you know, you have chosen to take care of your children and, mm-hmm. and mothers. Uh, no, it's not a choice. Yes, it is. It's absolutely there are plenty of mothers out there 
who don't choose to, who choose not to take care of Absolutely. their children. So Absolutely. you have chosen to take care of yours and to do it to the best of your ability. Choices aren't always easy, but mm-hmm. they are always choices. Yeah. And, and like they're you said, yours do, for the most and they're part. Yours. Yeah. And doing nothing is doing something. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and I I I okay. So then the other thing that you mentioned was that knowing um having those uh that the the um mini stroke and then your mom passing being mm-hmm. those things that really we all have major things that will happen in our lives it could be connected to the people you know it could happen directly to us mm-hmm. it could be connected to, but when those things pop up in your mind i think the question that we have to ask ourselves is um why am I still here? Right. Yes. Like when you said that it made me think of my best friend passed away um, back in 2012. We would, I was 32 at the time. And in mm. my eyes, she, I'm like, I know how I live my life compared to hers. <laughs> There's no reason why the Lord could have been took me. I know that for a fact. Oh, right. And, yes. and with her, it was, it was just so crazy. The same thing it was a blood clot and it just, it happened just like that. And it was, it took me a, a very long time to, to like stop questioning God in a way yeah. of like, why did you take her? Yeah. Why Ooh, did you? Yes. Instead, I started asking, why am I still here? Yeah. What, what, what do you, what do you still need me to do? Because the reality is, is that even in her 32 years, the, the amount of stuff that she accomplished, if anybody would have run it down, she was accomplished. She touched every single person she came. I'm like, she, you said something about Beyonce, mm-hmm. Beyonce's song, she was here. When yes. I hear that song, that is her. And yes. I'm like, and at 32, anybody who knows her can say, oh yeah, she impacted me in this way. She did what she was supposed Absolutely. to do. She completed her assignment. That was the reason why he could take her. Right. And so oh for me, gosh, yes. I'm like, uh. this is, I'm still here because I still have work to do. That is my reminder. Every single day, every morning, every year, every birthday, I am still here because I still have work to do. And that should be everybody else's mantra too. You're still here because you have work to do. Wow, I feel that so much. Yes, you know, it, it used to be a little running joke between me and my mom that, you know, if if I had some kind of health issue or something, I was like, I got that from you, and I would tease <laughs> her. So when I had the when I had the 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 stroke issue, she said, Well, you didn't get that from me. I've never had a clot problem. And mm-hmm. then, you know, mm-hmm. you know, five years later, she yeah. died from clots. And the and same thing. I was like, God, what? Wait, what? what really yeah and uh like you said my mom though I, I call her the first life coach that I knew you mm-hmm. know she was not you know because that's that's what she, people just came to her naturally and talked to my mom about any and everything and you know she was my model for that and I didn't even realize it, mm-hmm. you know and mm-hmm. so but you are absolutely correct I you know now I do I, I my mother the day my mother died Steve Jobs died and um, a civil rights worker, um, Fred Shuttlesworth died. They both, all three of them died on the same day. And, you know, you know, people know who Steve Jobs is. And, you know, a lot of people know who Fred Shuttlesworth is. Nobody really knew my mom at that level, Mm -hmm. but in her circle, she was just as impactful as they were. Yeah. And so I absolutely agree that yes. And I, that is what I, you know, I strive to, um, you know, live, you know, in that same way that, that the people in my sphere of influence, when I, you know, when it's my time to go, that they will know 
that, um, you know, not only that I was here, not from an egoic ego perspective, mm-hmm. but from the, the perspective of, and through knowing, through knowing Renee, my life was made better. Yeah. You know, that that's, that's, you know, that's what I want is that I want to impact people, um, in a way that, you know, for having us having connected, you get something that helps mm-hmm. you with your life, you mm-hmm. know, live your life better. Yeah. So, because that's what my mom, my mom did just did that naturally. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I, that, that resonated with me so, so much. And just thank you for sharing your story and thank you for sharing that with us. So in this, you know, I'm, I can imagine that with all that was going on during that transition and just coming into becoming the, uh, I see that you are the, uh, um, the midlife maven, uh, <laughs> becoming the midlife maven, <laughs> yeah. um, how has self-doubt showed up in your journey? If you've been listening to this podcast or following me on social media for a while and you're ready to start your journey to healing or you're ready to confront your doubts and insecurities, there are three ways I can help. First, you can download the journal prompt from my website. Use this as a guide to get back on track with where God is calling you. Secondly, you can go to my website and purchase the Slang Self-Doubt Prayer Journal. Using this prompt and journal will pull out where you are stuck on your journey. These questions will force you to dig deep and find your fears. Lastly, if you're ready to invest in your healing journey and work directly with me, book a 30-minute connection call with me today. This allows us to see if we are a good fit for each other. So head on over to my website, www.feliciawallace.com to do one or all three of these. That's www.feliciawallace.com. Now, back to the show. Oh, gosh, continuously. Like, uh, what time is it? (laughs) 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 yes yes and see in in i'm real clear now on what goals are because Mm -hmm. you know fear self-doubt you know fear is at the crux of all these things you know absolutely fear is at the crux of self-doubt and so now i don't i don't waste my time um trying to never feel Mm self-doubt when it when i feel it i'm like what are you here to tell me you know, that's, you know, what are you here to tell me? Because, you know, either I'm not engaging in the uh, self-affirming practices that I believe in, mm-hmm. or I'm not getting enough rest. I'm not treating my body mm-hmm. well. Something is mm-hmm. coming up to tell because that's you know one of the things my mom taught me. She said, you know, stress will attack the weakest part of your body. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm feeling, you know, self-doubt, or some any type of fear, then that's messaging to me that um, I've let something slip in, or I haven't attended to, to myself in the way that I should. Yeah. And so isn't so then it's about how do I move through it? You know, mm. how do I move through? You know, do I need more rest? Do I need is have I allowed somebody in my life that 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 doesn't need to be in my life? Yeah, am yeah. I am I listening to 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 things that I shouldn't be listening to? You know, what am I exposing myself to from an environmental perspective, a relationship perspective? You know, this time for assessment if I'm experiencing self. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Um, even what you said, your mom said that if that if if some daughters the enemy will attack the weakest part of you, right? Mm -hmm. And he is not smart. So he knows the thing that's going to get you worked up the quickest. 
whatever exactly. is going to distract you, whatever is going to knock you off your path, whatever is going to um is is going to get you off your purpose, that is what what he is going to use. And some of that has to do with some definitely some self-awareness of being able to know how how you're triggered, right? You know, for a very long time I've shared this on here all the time that I used to just pray it all away like God please like you know but the moment we accept that this is a part that's going to show up it's going to be here it's going to be um everything is not going to be like yep I got this I'm going right into it no there's going to be some fear especially if you are walking in purpose because it's not from you so if you you can't carry it you have to you have to have something stronger than you that's going to be able to push you through that because if it's if it's that's that's how you know you need God that's how you know you need him because if you could do it on your own it's not a God go exactly and it, i have a um god box i got that you know from this this woman i book i read and i have a god box and so it's always you know things that are bigger than me they mm-hmm. go in the god box because mm. i because i i used to try to carry everything yeah yeah and i believe that that's part of the reason why i ended up in the hospital yeah, <laughs> listen, yeah. Listen. i tried to carry everything so now i don't it's like mm-hmm. okay god you know and i you know one of my um mantric is God's ahead of me yeah God's ahead of me I am not leading the charge God Mm -hmm. you're ahead of me because when you have like me if you have a very controlling nature you have to be intentional about (laughs) releasing that control yeah you have to be vigilant about it because and my body tells me you know I you know I um, teach my clients this process called the body compass which is this you know the the inner messaging that our bodies um, you know, are always sending us, you know, we mostly live in our brains mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the brains are magnificent, but the brains will lie to you. Our yeah. brains lie to us. Your body doesn't lie. And so when you learn how to connect to that, that inner messaging that, you know, you can call it intuition, you know, inner compass, I call it Holy spirit, yes, whatever you call it, you know, there, that messaging is, 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 talking to you all the time and and learning how to connect to it so that you can marry it to mm-hmm. your brain mm-hmm. that's how you and so yes i i absolutely am about releasing that um that need to control and so when self-doubt starts to creep in then i start talking to god mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know i start yeah. talking to god and i'm uh, and if if, you know, I pray the block it prayer, if I'm not sure about a step that I, I want to take or yeah. uh, the next move I want to make, then I say, okay, God, I'm, I'm still moving toward it. I'm, I'm stepping mm-hmm, toward mm-hmm. it. Um, if this is not of you, if this is not from you, course, correct me. Yeah. Block yeah. it. Yes. Block yeah. it. That, that is so true. I, yes. I, yes. I, I am the same way. I'm very much so like, if this is not from you, I need you to make it plain that I'm not yes. supposed to do this. And I, every single time it is a hard no. Ooh, yes, <laughs> it's a, yes. You can't, you, it ain't a, are you, you think I should, yes. if, it, if it's like that, I'd be like, I'm not going to get it. I, yes. I can guarantee yes. you if it's a, maybe I'm a go. So <laughs> it, needs, it needs to be a no. If I <laughs> yeah. do not pass go, do not make, collect $200. Exactly. I'm like, make it plain, God, make it plain. Yes. 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 And, and, and to de- detach from outcome, you know, the, it, and, and when I say that, I mean, we will ask 
God for something. And then we have we have it all packaged up and wrapped up with the ribbon, the color ribbon and everything on it. Oh, we've already and spent the lottery we, money, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. And so now I'm like, you know, I'm like this because I've learned to look on the other side of the desire. Mm. You know, mm. so if I say, you know, God, I want um, you know, ten thousand dollars. If I want ten thousand dollars. Then and I and I want ten thousand dollars from my business, you know. I want you to send me um, clients that will pay me ten thousand dollars. Yeah. See, I'm just you know because you know we're taught to be specific, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, and, uh, and I'm and now what I ask for is because I'm like I ask myself, why do you want ten thousand mm. dollars? So if I want ten thousand dollars because um, I want to take a trip. Or I want $10,000 because I want to donate to this organization. God has all the resources. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. God has all the money, all the resources, all. So if I want $10,000 because I want to take a trip, I might get a call from somebody that says, hey, you want to go on this trip with me? Yeah. And I'm yeah. paying for everything. Yeah. I didn't need to get $10,000. Right. 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 Do that, you know what I'm yep. So I've learned not to be so specific that I block God. Yeah. I don't ever want to block God. Yeah. You know? So we never you know? know how, how our <laughs> blessings are coming. You'd exactly. be like, what? wait a minute. That's not. And, and I, I, that is so important, especially in this season. And so I remember hearing a sermon um, last year sometime where they talked about manna and how it came, it didn't come the way you expect for manna to come. Right. You expect for manna to come in a full loaf. That's exactly. what it's, it's supposed to be bread, like not green, not something that you have to break down, you know, and wait until it rises and all that, but it's still manna. It's still what you ask yes. for, but sometimes because it comes in seed form, we don't we don't pay attention to exactly. it. Exactly, and then we just discard it. Like, well, that ain't what I wanted. That ain't yeah. How that I doesn't look it. like ooh. it doesn't look like what it was supposed to be. And then yes. then you wondering like, well, Lord, I didn't pray. And um, and then I, I think I heard this. It might have been a sermon, mate. I swear, all my stuff be wrapped up. But somebody else said the same thing. Like this guy was on the island. He's trying to get off, and he's like, "Lord, Ooh. get me off the island." And he sent them. Somebody went by with a boat, with a plane. With yeah, and, it's and the he, man on the roof. I've heard yeah. that version. Yeah. And then he was like, yeah. "Well, I sent you the boat. I sent yeah. you the plane. What? What? Like, what? I, I sent you all the things that that would require you to do some work." It, but, and it but, didn't because, look like what they thought it would look didn't like. It looked like what it was supposed to. And sometimes we think that God just supposed to do. We exactly. don't have to do nothing. To we don't it. have to. Exactly. Yeah, it's just supposed to happen. Sometimes it do happen like that. Sometimes yeah. it is suddenly, but other times you got no. to work for it. <laughs> That's right. You got to stay in your business. Stay in your business. Yes. Do the things that you have been called to do and let God handle the rest. Exactly. I had a, a girlfriend who, I mean, really had been waiting 30 years mm. for her, her person. She wanted to, she wanted to be married again and had been waiting 30 years for this mm. person. Mm -hmm. And you know, I, I got this call from her. She was telling me about this guy that she um, had met and she would just keep saying these, you know, she would tell me about all the things he was doing, how nice he was. And then she would say, um, but he, he didn't vote for Trump. And it was just odd. You know, she, she like, he didn't, but he didn't vote for Trump. And after the, like the third time she said that, I said, is this a white man? <laughs> she said, well, yeah. I said, oh, okay. 
Yeah, what does that <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? Because the package didn't come like she thought. Yeah, she thought, you know. Mm, and mm. so she and, and to the point where she was questioning, she because she, you know, she, you know, she really um had fallen for him, he had fallen for her. But the package didn't look like what she, what she thought. thought it was going to be. Yeah. And I said, now you've been waiting all these years. Mm-hmm. This man is checking off all the boxes and you're going to let this thing. And they ended up together. They are married. They have moved to another country. They, are, know living that's their, right. they are living their best lives. And see, she could have walked away. From the, and, and now we're like, we can't imagine her with anybody else. Wow. <laughs> and you just, you, and you never know. And sometimes that's that, that's that faith. That's the, that's the trust thing <laughs> that you have to just trust them. So what have you learned about yourself doing this journey that you didn't know before? Oh gosh. Mm. So I, probably the biggest thing um, that I've learned is acceptance self-acceptance mm, mm, that's yeah that is big self-acceptance that that I am who God made me like mm-hmm. you said we are fearfully and wonderfully made and I I am who God made me and yes I am I continue to grow change and evolve the foundation of who I am though I love who I am yeah I accept who I am and I don't apologize who I am Mm. and so that is probably the biggest thing I've got this uh, sweatshirt that my girlfriend gave me it says I'm not for everybody (laughs) yeah that that is facts (laughs) because we can try to be for everybody right yeah no mm -mm, I let that go a long time ago (laughs) yeah I love that and I I think that as women that is a place that we have to get to and I think that is actually one of the parts of um this whole slaying self-doubt journey is self-acceptance you have to accept all of you, the parts of you that you necessarily didn't like that bring you mm-hmm. to the woman that you are today. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to embrace all of that so that you can show up fully. Because otherwise, if you discredit any part of you, it th- that is exactly how you're going to show up. And it, even with the, the self-doubt, even with the imposter yes. syndrome, even with the fears, you it's okay all of that is okay because we all have it and I think you know to your point earlier just that like sometimes we think we're going through things by ourselves even when you shared about the you know early menopause and stuff everybody doesn't they don't know and we're too afraid to have the conversation because oh what what if I'm the only person but what if you not what if this conversation allows for someone else to be able to say girl me too and and, and and me too and then you're and then you're sitting in a space where this healing is happening and so that's one of the things that I know that this is the reason why God gave this to me because he knew I could handle it but he also knew that I eventually I mean, it took me a while but you know eventually <laughs> I would speak up and I would carry it through so that other women don't have to feel like they're by themselves yes. and they can share oh. and not be alone in this journey even if it's for a second you have something that you can you know resort back to like to say like when I see this slang stuff Dawson I know what that means I know that it means that in spite of all the things I can still, you know, Absolutely. that, I, that is the biggest thing. The, and that, that, so, cause the other thing I've learned is the power of connection. Mm. And, you know, I was a highly introverted person as a child. I did not like to be around people. I was, I, I avoided people at all costs and I still am, am highly introverted. People don't believe that about me, but it's because I was intentional because I 
at some at, when I was in my teens, I realized to live the kind of life I wanted to live, I couldn't be, you know, mm-hmm. all by myself. You yeah, know, that yeah. We, we really do need people. And I do think that's one of the biggest lessons from COVID is, is that we are all in this world together. Yes. We are connected. Mm-hmm. And so, but now I said, what I say is that I'm selectively social you know i i'm intentionally connected yeah and i and i like um connecting to people who are different people from i you know i think of myself as a global citizen and so i i love to connect to people and be intentional about it not mm-hmm. you know I, I, you know i'm not trying to connect to everybody right right but, right but, but i do believe in the power of connection for the very reason that you said because we need to share our stories with each other. You yeah. know, we, we are here to help each other get through this thing we call life. And I do believe that there's so much power in, in connection and collaboration. Yeah, on top of the fact that we weren't meant to do life alone. If that exactly. was the case, it would have just been Adam. Exactly. <laughs> Wouldn't that have been a mistake? Right, <laughs> yeah. Like, it would have just been, that's not, but it, but even when you think about when yeah. when Noah had to build the ark, it was two yeah. of everything. Two by two. Two that's by right. two. So it's two all, we're, all, we're all supposed to be connected. <laughs> you can't do this by yourself. And so being able to have these conversations, I, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm grateful every day that God, that God chooses me. So um, let's talk about the midlife remix. What is that? What do yes. you offer? What do you yes. give the people? Um, I know that your specialty, like you said, is midlife transformations. Yes. That's your mission. That's your heart. So tell us a, a little bit more about that. So, yes. Yeah, so the midlife remix is a community of women. And again, like I said, it's, it's a state of mind. I, you know, I, I have the um, women from probably thirties on up um, that are in that community. And I have a podcast, the midlife remix podcast season one is out there. Okay. And uh, right, I, I have, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I have a, um, I have a monthly a coaching salon that I do for midlife women where they can come in and we, we you know, we talk about, talk about a thing or two mm-hmm. and, and, you know, help them, you know, connect to what they need for their next step, you know, what they, to, what they need to move them forward. Mm-hmm. We do book clubs and, you know, we, you know, we do different things. And so then I do individual one-to-one coaching with women too. Okay. And uh, so that you can, you can get that needed you want to take a deep dive and get mm-hmm. that needed transfer transformation so yeah just different things i wrote a book uh called take the trip four journeys every midlife woman needs to live in purpose and freedom you can get that book on amazon and and bars and noble and you know all the major book bookshop.org is my favorite because it's independent booksellers but um but yeah so i wrote that book it's it's a little book but it's very powerful it's helped a lot of a lot of women so yeah, I do different things. And, and my newest thing I'll share really quickly is because I do love collaboration. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm collaborating with another coach, Lachelle Wooten, and we have created this opportunity called the Coaching Council. We mentor new coaches. And so oh, we nice. are, yeah. So we were that we're we're promoting that now. It rolls out in February and it will be a bi-weekly six-month opportunity for new coaches or coaches who want to develop their coaching skills to mm-hmm. come and have a safe place to share, talk through client issues, build their coaching confidence, you know, just 
you know, do all the things that will help them become better coaches so that they can grow their businesses. Yeah, I love that. That, you know, as a new coach, um, I think that that is something that's very important um, because when you're doing this officially, you mm-hmm. know, I've been doing this unofficially for a very long time, but when you're doing it officially, it, it's something about making sure that you're doing it right. That uh, exactly. is so important that you're just like, oh no, I gotta, um, I gotta make sure that I'm doing this because otherwise I, I ain't, I'm not too sure now. <laughs> Like, yes. not yeah, just like it. you said that that not you know thinking you have to do it alone and you can't yeah. talk to anybody. This is going to be a place where you can come talk to coaches who um, are you know peer coaches. Lachelle and I are master coaches, and she has a, a background in social work, and so we, it, it will be an excellent opportunity for new coaches to come and get resources and again, strengthen their, their ability to, to be their highest and best selves as coaches. Well, I would definitely, um, y'all already know that information is going to be in the show notes and I would definitely, um, I support that. I will post it on my social media because I think that that's very important. I do know a lot now that I transition into this space. I do know a lot of coaches. And so, you know, Okay, great, great. <laughs> yes, share, yes. share, share. <laughs> yes. So, thank you so much for just sharing your story this evening. Oh, yeah, this evening, and thank you for <laughs> um, you know, just being on and just being very transparent. And you know, what I thought was very interesting is so when I started this journey, I was really like, okay, God, you know, I want to talk to, you know, people that are around my age and this, that, and the third. And I I recognized very quickly when I started the podcast that people of all ages listen, people, yes. and it, it helped me, like my mom, my grandmother, who's yes. 87 <laughs> years old, would be like, oh, Bunny, that's my nickname. Oh, <laughs> Bunny, I listen to your podcast. And I'm like, really, me? Yes. You know, like, I'm like, oh, yes. okay. And so I, that is just a word to just to be able to say that even when you say like I know it's the midlife it, yeah. there's a there's a and with my air quotes yes. people that say that and you think you know your 50s and your 60s and your transition could be at any time exactly we've had college I've had college women say oh we need this we need to be hearing this yeah because yes you know you do you do need to hear it Mm -hmm. you you know it helps you understand yourself better but it also helps you understand older women in your life and it helps prepare you for where you go like my mama used to say keep on living living. I know living You may not, it may not hit you now, but when it right. do, you're going to be like, I'm glad I got that in my back pocket. <laughs> thank you so much, Renee. Oh, so how can listening. people connect with you? Where can they find you? You can find me at, um, you can get on the email list. I sent out a weekly newsletter, the midlife remix dot li- oh, life. Yes. No, I'm, I'm getting my, my different links confused. Yes. The, mid- <laughs> <laughs> the midlife remix dot life. Okay. And if you are a new coach or a coach, uh, even a seasoned coach, you know, if you want to hear more about the, the coaching council, it's the coachingcouncil.com. So, okay. yes, the coachingcouncil.com. Oh, well, I will definitely, again, y'all, it's going to be in the show notes. We're not going, that'll all be there so you guys can get connected. Thank you again so much for being on and just, you know, again, like sharing your story. I really appreciate it. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, y'all, that's all for this week. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to share, subscribe, rate, and review. Remember to head over to Facebook and Instagram and follow me at Slain Self Doubt. 
Oh, wait, don't forget, go to my YouTube channel and watch this episode. And remember to press the subscribe button. Until next week, see ya. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.